0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, Coach John Kirby here, and thank you so much for joining me on the Catching Passes with Coach John Kirby podcast. I'm so excited to be here on my first podcast episode. And while I'm here, I figured uh, in our first episode, I will give you a little bit of my background. Uh, I was lucky enough to play with Tom Brady in high school. I was one of his top receivers, Caught almost 100 passes from him in our four years together. And he remains one of my good friends to this day. Great guy. Everything what you see on TV is what you get. After Sarah High School, I actually wasn't recruited out of high school. So I took my chances up at City College of San Francisco. It's a legendary junior college uh, national champion program, I believe, four or five times. I was honored to be part of it. It was led by Coach George Rush, Coach Dan Hayes. Coach, My wide receiver position coach was Coach Andre Allen, who's currently at the D1 level. And a lot of my drills that I do, I learned from Coach Dre. And of course, my uncle, Coach Mike Parodi up there at City College of San Francisco, Coach Nunez, all great coaches. And then from there, I was lucky enough to play a little bit my freshman year, had about 30 catches. And then they bumped me up to starting receiver my sophomore year, Had about 65 catches, was lucky enough to get first team All State. And then I got a full academic and athletic scholarship to the University of Hawaii. I was recruited by Coach Fred von Appen. Our junior year, we went three and nine. Our senior year, I redshirted and we went 0 and 12. Those coaches got fired. So as a 50 year senior, I had June Jones, who came in in 1999 and took us from 0 and 12 to, I believe, nine and four. Wahoo Bowl champions the next year. So that's uh, pretty much my career wrapped up real short. I wanted to make it fast. If you want to know more about my football past, go check out www.catchingpasses.com. Okay? All right, everybody, let's get into it. Now, I was lucky enough to play football with Tom Brady in high school, and I've done over 90 TV or press interviews on TV, radio, stuff like that. Anything, you you name it. And it's been a blast and an honor to talk about Tommy whenever I get the chance. But what's funny is there are so many questions that the press never asks me. So one of those questions I wanted to address in our first podcast here, one of those questions the press doesn't ask me about Tom Brady is, when was Tom Brady's first comeback? I think I saw a stat the other day that he was responsible for f- over 44 comebacks where his team was behind and either the third or fourth quarter and brought him back. But what's funny is no one ever asked me when was his first comeback or did he have a first comeback in high school? And yes, he did. It was our sophomore year and I can't wait to tell you all about it. So before I tell you that story though, let me tell you give you a little background about our high school, Unipero Sarah High School where Tom and I went. Okay, just if you want a picture Unipero Sara High School, it's uh, got great weather. Uh, It's kind of nestled in the San Mateo Hills, super small campus. Just imagine like a a high school campus in the 1950s dropped on like four square blocks in the middle of a neighborhood. That's pretty much, um, you know, the setting for Sarah High School. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Sarah High School has a strong football tradition with uh, such former players as Lynn Swan, Jesse Freitas and John Robinson. And I once had someone ask me. You know, back then, you didn't have the Tom Brady's of the world to motivate you back back then. So what was it? For us at Sarah, it was the strong Sarah tradition of excellence from guys like Lynn Swan, Jess Freitas. And uh, that athletics excellence still continues to this day. And uh, with every tradition, of course, there's going to be a rivalry, right? You're going to have a rival. And for us, it was a school called St. Ignatius in San Francisco, about 25 miles north of San Mateo. Now, let me say first, I have tons of respect for St. Ignatius. I was the assistant athletic director at Sarah for eight years. So I've worked with their athletic director. It's a great school, amazing academics. They're well known for that in our league. So I have so much respect from SI coming from this podcast. But they were our rivals. We wanted their heads and they wanted ours too, like every single game, every sport, every year. And that still continues to this day. So whenever I think of Tommy's first comeback, it was against St. Ignatius. And the thing I always remember is the smells of a Saturday game at Sarah. It would be like barbecue smoke in the air, the smell of freshly cut grass and dirt as it heats up in the sun. The same smell in the locker room that is exactly the same smell today, (laughs) if you can believe it. And what we were so excited about This game, as sophomores, it was our first game as, you know, true Padres at homecoming versus our rivals. It was our first chance to prove ourselves and our loyalty to the Padre brotherhood. So the game started, and it was a battle from the very start. SI started fast on offense where we were kind of sputtering on offense. They were stuffing our run. Tommy was sailing the ball high in the first half. You know, SI had total control. Till I think it was about the final minute in the second quarter. I ran a deep go route, and Tommy launched one about 40 yards, bounced off my hands twice, and I caught it falling down at the five-yard line. The next play, Tommy threw me our well-timed fade route, where I'd almost start like the slot position and fade to the back pylon. We practiced that throw all summer, coming off an 0-8 freshman team where neither Tommy nor I played, so we knew we'd get a chance this year because we worked so hard the previous summer. So Tommy dropped back from the five-yard line and perfectly placed a ball on my outside shoulder where I could out-jump the DV, touchdown Padres. And we had a little momentum going into the second half. Second half also was a battle from the very start, except we were slowly gaining ground, but always seemed at least a TD behind the whole game until about the fourth quarter. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, till SI scored with a minute seven left, to go up two points. Now, I don't remember a lot of the stats and numbers and stuff like that, but from that day, I remember looking up at the clock, and it said 107. So Tommy had the ball, 107, down two points, and let's see what he could do. They kicked off to us, and for some reason, they were playing off of me. They were The DBs were like 15 yards off, almost like a prevent. So we started banging like little throws and catches. He threw me like a 10-yard out. I got out of bounds, stopped the clock, threw an incomplete pass, another long deep out to me, got out of bounds, stopped the clock on the SI sidelines, and then we had one timeout left. Uh, we we're on about the 50, and I remember uh, Coach Bob Vinyal. he's a legendary Sarah OC himself, one of the best coaches that I've ever had, and one of Tommy's first quarterback coaches, comes out, gives us a plan. All right, fellas, we have one timeout left. We're going to Run a middle screen, get as far as we can, and then burn that last timeout. So I believe we are on about the 50. We ran the middle screen. It got us to about the 30. Coach called the last timeout, came on out, and said, Curb, I want you to run an out. Make sure you get out of bounds. We have no timeouts left. So picture this. We're on the SI 30-yard line, 10 seconds left, no timeouts, down two points. Coach Vignal had me run another deep out to the right. The DB guarded me, bailed to protect the end zone. They were still in that prevent. And I caught it, I believe, at the SI 17-yard line and got out of bounds. Our kicker, is my boy, Chris Sarantopoulos, came out. He handed me the flat because I was also the PAT holder, and we lined up for the kick with three seconds remaining, down two points. The ball was snapped to me. I put it down, and I've never felt such a win from Chris. As he booted it and let out a grunt, like, I look up and it goes right at the, directly at the right upright. Just keeps going at it, keeps going at it. It's hanging, it's hanging, and all of a sudden it curls just inside the uprights. Padres win. We rush the field, and you see Tommy running down the field holding his helmet up as we all went crazy. Padres win. We beat SI in our first real homecoming, and that was Tom Brady's first comeback. All right, everybody. I wanted to take a second here and talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, and it's been on my heart for a while now is the passing of UH quarterback Colt Brennan, uh, that really, really struck a huge nerve for all of us who were ever involved in the Warrior Football program. Not only is Colt known as like the hero of the Hawaii program, but his play brought national attention to Hawaii and hearing of his passing in May was heartbreaking and hurt a lot of people, not only in the program, but in the whole state of Hawaii for a few reasons. Uh, one of those reasons was obviously Colts play brought national attention to the Hawaii football program when they wound up, you know, going to the sugar bowl and having the undefeated season win the conference championship in 2007, 2008, um, By Colt coming back for that year, he gave up millions of dollars. So let me give you a quick background of Colt, just in case you're wondering. 2005, he threw for 4,300 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. 2006, he threw for 5,500-plus yards, 58 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. And that was the year when he could have went out and went to the league. But instead, because Hawaii was a place that gave him a second chance, he decided to stay his senior year. And by doing that, he gave up millions of dollars. And you can see that his stats, you know, went down a little bit in 2007 uh, from 58 touchdowns and 12 picks, 5,500 yards, to 38 touchdowns, 17 picks, and 4,300 yards. So that, um, you know, is a huge step down in the eyes of the NFL draft people in that actually wound up dropping Colt a lot further down the chart when it came to being drafted the following year after a senior year. Um, one thing I definitely wanted to add was, uh, Colt's TBI traumatic brain injury accident in 2010. Um, after that, he seemed to get in trouble with the law in a few instances, which, um, You know, I I really felt bad every time I would see, you know, one of those reports come up. Uh, My old former coach, June Jones, said that, you know, Colt was a hero of the program. He put us on the map and he did so much for the people of Hawaii. Um, One of the things that I want to talk about that's a big deal to me, too, is the circumstances kind of around Colt's death. I don't know, um, you know, there's conflicting stories and stuff out there. But uh, reading what I heard from his parents is that he went to get help at a rehab center, was turned away, and then wound up, you know, taking drugs in a hotel and uh, overdosing to the point where his family met him at the hospital, put some Bob Marley songs on, put a layer around his neck, and they all say goodbye to him. Now, what's the most heartbreaking thing about that, especially in this day and age, that how anybody who is asking for help could ever be turned away, no matter what state they're in, is just beyond me. Um, I cannot believe that that happens still today in this country. I'm sure there may have been other things that I don't know, but it doesn't matter because when someone asks for help, you should be there to provide it for them right away. No matter what state they're in, no matter how many times they've asked for help, no matter what, someone should have been there for them and unfortunately he was turned away from that center, which is really awful and led to, you know, some circumstances of his death. Final things that I'd like to say about Colt Brennan. Um, he, you know, he played nine years after me, but he was my hero in a sense because of, you know, what he did for Hawaii football. And he made me proud to be a rainbow warrior football player again, you know, um, it, June Jones did such a great job you know, in the 2000s, bringing pride to the program as well. And I really loved playing for him my senior year, even though I didn't get to play a lot. He was always super respectful and an awesome coach and a really cool guy and um, was always really nice to me no matter what. So I'll always have tons of respect for Coach Jones. Um, but Cole Brennan, you know, to his family, who I know a couple of them, and friends, I'm so sorry this happened. Um, I know the people of Hawaii's hearts are broken, but we'd like to say thank you to to his family and to everyone that was important to him for that, you know, all those special years that he gave us, all those late night Saturday games that everyone stayed up late for all across the country to see Colt throw the ball. I have nothing but honor and respect for Colt. And um, I really, really will miss knowing that he's on this earth. And I'm really sad about what happened to him. On a side note, I'd like to thank my followers on Instagram, man. You guys are awesome because when I posted something about Colt's passing, um, I started receiving packages in the mail which were full of Colt Brennan trading cards, posters, all sorts of cool stuff signed by him. Someone even sent me a Redskins signed jersey. And I promise that I'll take great care of that stuff and I'm going to build a cool little area along with all my other football stuff for Colt's memorabilia. So in this day and age, if there can be any lesson from this, when someone asks for help, you got to help them right away. Okay, everyone? Um, And to Colt Brennan and his family, I'm so sorry for your loss. He was my hero and a lot of other people's hero as well. So um, hopefully there can be some consolation in the fact that there's many people like me and people in Hawaii who will always love and cherish you know, those memories that he gave us, you know, and two from 2005 to 2007 on all those awesome late Saturday night games. So thank you, Colt rest in love. Aloha. And thanks for everything you did for our program, buddy. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode of our catching passes with coach John Kirby podcast here on the believe network. Feel free to send me a message or show ideas to me on Instagram at coach John Kirby. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash coach John Kirby. And if you would like to see the video of Tom Brady's first comeback win in high school, go to my YouTube page at John Kirby87 and click the video that says Tom Brady and John Kirby sophomore year. Thanks everyone for listening, and as we end every show, Aloha.